Mascara. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler, and I am the picture of hope, everybody. Dave is not here today to bring us across the uncrossable Red Sea. He's out sick, but don't worry. I got this. Now, don't you feel hopeful? So let's get into it. But before we do, now that they're finished putting their skin on, let's welcome in our favorite <laughs> pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good, good day. day. That was your best one in a long time. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks. That was yeah. very nice. Hey, we are famous now. We are. Because <laughs> there was a video of us oh, before the oh, sermon. We finally man. made it. This we have. This is it, guys. I Do forgot you, that yeah. that was coming, so we live-streamed the service from home, <laughs> and I heard the, the theme music come on. Yeah. Like, oh man, I, I had totally forgot. Did you think we, did we were that. doing something live or something? It, it, I had <laughs> like, this, I'm supposed to be there I right had now. like yeah. a Pavlovian response to that sound. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Ah, I should be there! <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, it was that was cool. It was a it, good video. If you didn't see it, we were we were just talking about the basically the idea of I've got this. Mm-hmm. That was a way to set up the sermon or something. So it was just being goofy. They cut my story for time. <laughs> <laughs> like Barry, what's your story? Show up, please do yeah. this video with us. And then he does it. And we're like, nah, it was a really good story. Maybe another time. You could tell it now. <laughs> I could if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, anyway, that was fun. You was should, good because we don't have a guest, so... Like, we got nothing, got to fill yeah, the air. Dave out. Time. Dave right, is I'll, out with, with the, uh, the flu-like the symptoms. Boobons, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, he, he, got, he got a rogue flu shot where they gave him the actual flu, and so... I feel a chill in the air. <laughs> yeah, oh he does. Goodness. The last thing I heard him say was, I'm feeling, I've got chills, so I'm just going to go home. So. Well, that is the worst. All right, I know, I know there's a lot of, like, we don't need to get into the culture wars of... of of flu, like flu, flu versus shots. cold. Which one are you on? Flu shots. Yeah, flu versus cold. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had never gotten a flu shot until this year. Mm-hmm. And the reason I hadn't is because of what's happening currently to Dave. I was like... You were afraid. I was afraid of just getting sick anyways. I haven't had the flu in as long as I can remember. Never got the shot. This year I got it. Now I'm convinced I'm going to get it. I'm going to get the flu. But you don't have it. No, but when did, did you, you see what the, happened today? I, I have witnessed it. When did you get the shot? Well, a couple of weeks ago, some CVS ladies came to Grace and stuck me with the flu shot needle. Was that was I off that day? Because I do not remember that happening. I don't know. I might. Yeah, have they been were just off. running down the halls, jabbing just people. Jabbing people. <laughs> yeah. Unbeknownst to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I got my flu shot too. I didn't get sick. I think you're fine, Tyler. You're I, not gonna... I'm no medical professional, but I would dare say that if you are not sick by now, you've made it. <laughs> but does, clearly, the flu shot just makes you get sick. Clearly. Look at Dave. Clearly. The Dave. one person. No, I'm, it's, it's rare, isn't it? It's very rare. And I also, it may have just been a coincidence. He will admit that himself, that it may have been a coincidence. That's true. Anyways, Dave, we miss you. Yeah. We're going to talk all about your sermon without you here. <laughs> Don't worry. We got this. We know exactly what you wanted to say. We'll just put words in your mouth and it'll be good. That's right. Guys, what is new? What's happening? What's going on in your lives? Mary Poppins. (laughs) Okay, Marin. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, Barry. Do you need like... Desi's out there. Like, she do is. we need? She's do out we there need, eating her two uh, meatballs. Some, some uh, like therapy happening right now. Yeah. Like, you've got rehearsal now until the end of time. <laughs> That's do what you it need feels to go take like. a nap right after the show. What's happening? How how are you feeling? They so we're rehearsing, of course, every night this week leading up. Oh, really? To every night. Every night leading up to that big opener Friday night, y'all. Yeah. Friday night. This is this is why you signed up for this crunch time. How's it going? Um, we feel good. Last night I felt awesome. We did one number, I won't say what it was, and I was so wrapped up in what was going on around me, I forgot to dance. Well, <laughs> my partner was tapping me. Sounds like me. it's going great. <laughs> he was tapping me on the shoulder. He's like, "We got to we got to link arms." Remember? Oh, yeah. And like, you're like, "It's just so magical." Yeah, cuz like it is. It truly is. It is like a spectacle to behold and I want to just watch it and not That's awesome. be in it sometimes. But So, it sounds like it's going to be a good time. Absolutely. It Opening will night. undoubtedly be a good time. Are it will you be a lot of work. But nervous? Be a good time. I'm not nervous. No. Um, I'm not nervous. It's personally, I'm, I'm nervous about my ability to pace myself with all of the other things that life requires of me right now. 
work yeah. and nah, family. Just, just leave it all in the field. And <laughs> like, like your dad, I also feel a chill in the air. Like I literally started to feel like I'm coming down today. Uh-oh. No, today, Mary, it's all mental. Don't, don't let yourself go there. <laughs> okay. Go get another flu okay, shot Tyler. quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since I wasn't here to get my flu shot. Um, but yeah, so it's just pacing myself, just trying to get through y'all. You'll make it. You know what I'm excited about on the next Friday, we have the school day show mm-hmm. where we bring in busloads full of kids from local elementary schools. I'll be here for a little bit of that. I plan yeah. on being in there. I think that might be a, a really fun show for you guys because yeah. you'll have the entire audience like ooing and awing and gasping and cheering. Oh and my like, goodness, I can't and wait. And they'll want your autograph. I heard that was a real special show last year, well, two years ago when they did that for... Yeah. I'm so excited. I so, can't wait. Why didn't we do a school day show for Les Mis? <laughs> <laughs> well, or the crucible. something to do with pimp number two. Yep, yeah, right, right here. here in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put my skin on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, we... A couple years ago, we uh, someone had the idea. Ephraim, mm. right? Ephraim uh, yeah, was he. Ephraim Owens was a teacher. He had at been Nora a teacher Elementary was, yeah, and had the idea. I think this is how it started of of bringing that school to come see Beauty and the Beast because he was in it. He was guest mm-hmm. on, and uh, we said, "Why don't Why don't we do this with a bunch of schools as many as we can fit?" And so, a couple years ago, we asked the congregation, "We need We need help bringing these kids here. Would you consider?" Uh, donating money to help get the buses out and get them, get them here. And uh, within like a day, yeah, we had, we had done it. And so, yeah, this year we're doing the same thing. We're bringing more schools uh, and yeah, it'll be really exciting. I think Uh, hopefully um, there's no like Mary pop. Is this, is this a spoiler alert? We can edit this out if it's a spoiler alert. Oh yeah, we can edit things today. Mary Mary Poppins is uh. So that should be good. There's going to be a bunch of kids here, hundreds of kids. Um, I don't think we're doing lunch or anything with them, but last last time they were here, they were here. Uh, and pretty sure we are. We are? We're giving them all lunch? Yeah, that's... Maybe. I'm, I'm pretty sure we are. Spoons full of sugar? That's, that's, yeah, that's what they're all getting. <laughs> yeah. No, that'll be good. I, I'm really looking forward to that, too. Um, hopefully, we can do some um, like Facebook Live stuff, like behind the scenes. Yeah. And I don't know. We'll think of some stuff from Grace Church to to folks so they can feel part of it. Do it, communications guy. Yeah. So can you say, Marin, what you're most excited about at this point? Oh, man. Most excited about. I'm, I'm most excited about seeing it all come together. Um, I know the audience is going to love it. I know they're going to have a good time. Um, but I just want to see all the pieces that... You haven't seen it yet? Well, I... She's in it. I'm in it. And and really, like, <laughs> there were some days this week that we could sit out and kind of watch the other actors mm, in the right. scenes, but now we're we're past that point. Right. So I haven't seen it start to finish. Right. I've seen a couple of cool scenes here and there when I'm not in the wings waiting, you know, for my yeah. turn or for the ensemble to take the stage. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really excited to just have it be fluid and just to run it. The orchestra is with us this week. Ooh, that nice. started on Saturday was our first rehearsal with the orchestra. Nice. So I have to give a shout out to the orchestra. They're incredible. Um, yeah, that was just another element of, we had been practicing all this time to like the CD or something from yeah. some touring company. Um, but it, it just completely changes when there's a live orchestra, mm-hmm. when Dave Fackler is directing and keeping the tempo yeah. and we all need to watch him, not just do what we think we're supposed to do. Yep. It just totally changed the dynamic yeah. completely. And are you really, really looking forward to being crammed into the green room with a massive <laughs> cast? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Like, there's yeah. a million people in this show. Are the, is there enough oh room goodness. for everyone? No, there's hardly enough room. It's it's a madhouse back here. Because you yeah. love you love inclo- <laughs> tight enclosed spaces with crowds of people. Is that true? Um, again, it's a total madhouse. But like, there's nowhere to go to get away from the madhouse. You go yeah. to the bathroom. It's just as crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy back here. What I remember in Les Mis, my number one fear was just like missing any cue. Sure. Yeah. You know? And it's everyone's fear. All those big numbers is like right behind the curtain. There's a mass of like 50 people. Yeah. And if it's your cue, you got to get through all those people to get out on stage. But no, you can't talk. You got to, hey, can I get, <laughs> can I get behind? 
Yeah. And there's cords to trip yeah, over. You're and tripping it's over pitch everything. Black. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like complete utter terror <laughs> for about 20 seconds until you're right where you need to be. And half yeah. the time in Les Mis, we were running around with rifles. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Can't wait. It'll uh, be awesome. Barry, what's new with you? Oh, I don't know. I see uh, you put a new bunny house in your bunny cage. I made a new Heidi house for Humphrey out of wood. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's I got have, a chimney. It has, yeah. Which he, <laughs> he's, he helped construct by biting off a part of it before I could glue it on. Yeah. So there's a nice little Humphrey teeth marks at the bottom of his chimney. Uh, How's that going? I, it was fun. I Woodworking. Was very... I loved the, I was having a blast. Like I would walk around with a giant smile on my face anytime I was like gluing things or whatever. Yeah. Cause I love doing stuff with my hands, but not having all the right tools made it really yeah. frustrating <laughs> trying to do all that with like a jigsaw without a table saw and all that. But yeah, so now I'm like, I'm all in and I'm watching all sorts of YouTube videos and I'm ready to mm-hmm. make all sorts of projects. What's but the next up? What are you going to do? I don't, I pr- like a chair, like, I don't think I can make a chair with a what jigsaw. What kind of a house does your bunny, like, What what's he looking for in a home? Mm. He, Two bedroom, one bath. Yeah. <laughs> He'd love, like, a finished basement. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't we all? No, he, he likes, bunnies like to be in places that are a little bit enclosed with multiple exits. So his favorite place to nap in our house is behind this stand-up mirror in our bedroom where he's, like, got a couple ways out. In case there's an emergency. Yep. But he's also somewhat enclosed. So that just so that's the house I made him. He's got two window, two big windows that he can jump through on the side and then the front door. That's why I drive in the center lane on the highway. That's that's why I've so got you've a got couple, a way out. I got a couple of ways out. I got a couple of choices. I'm telling you, rabbits right, are the Enneagram sixes I'm telling of the you, animal I world. Is that a so six well. thing? You gotta have an escape plan. Everyone needs options. What did I tell you? What okay. <laughs> a friend of ours lost power. And where is he taking his showers? At the Y, because he had yeah, a backup plan. that's true. I told you this like 20 wind, episodes wind ago. Windstorm last weekend uh, put uh, put some people into their plan Bs yes. for uh, for a showers and electricity. Yes. Happened here during the 4.30 right. service. Yeah. The whole, I, I, I heard all the power went out during 4.30. That's so. what I heard too. That's wild. We lost a tree. Yeah, Aww. I heard Jed uh, came to the rescue though. Um, yeah, so I'm still, I'm still confused on protocol and this is probably not even pod material, but Hey, the tree fell into the street. And so like, as soon as it fell, I was actually surprised as soon as it fell, there was an officer on the scene. We didn't even call. There wasn't even time to call. for you, man. It just so happened. There was an officer like right there. Desiree watched the tree fall from our living room window. Um, mom, I think there's (laughs) the whole tree fell. So the tree split in half. It's a, okay. it's a large tree. We're in an older neighborhood. And so the tree split down the middle Ooh. and half of it went into the street. Just from the wind. Just from the wind. Yeah. It wasn't even like rainy. It was just the wind. And so, yeah. And we have a dead tree in our front yard that was fine. <laughs> but the live, yep. beautiful tree split itself in half and landed uh. in the street. So the officer said, well, you're lucky. It fell into the street. So it's on the city to remove it. So Jed's like, not on my watch. <laughs> An officer, I think an officer got it out of the street, but like put it on our lawn. So I wasn't like, sure. No, it's your problem. I wasn't sure if it meant like, oh, I'll come back later and pick up the rest of it. But my husband chopped it up and threw it behind the shed yep. before they could come back. And he clean made it, it his well. problem. He did make it our problem. <laughs> yes, he did. But he got to use his power tools. Yeah, that's so. the best, He's like, I got man. this. I got this. <laughs> I, got this. <laughs> I didn't invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars in these tools. Uh, well, and shout out to my father-in-law, loyal pod listener. My mother had the same thing happen. So. Mm-hmm. She, obviously my mom, she's sick and she wouldn't chop trees even if she was healthy, (laughs) but a tree fell across her backyard, Yeah. but it was the tree of the neighbor's yard. Well, the neighbor, the neighbor recently was widowed, like within Mm. the last couple of months. And so she doesn't know what to do with this tree. And my mom was trying to figure out what to do. And so my father-in-law, Mr. Gaffron, with his freshly oiled chainsaw, Mm -hmm. went out there and chopped the thing, not just to pieces, to perfection. Mm. Good for everybody. He stacked that thing like Jenga in this lady's front yard. Good for everybody. That's what Gaffrons do. They chop stuff up and love it. Even when it's not your responsibility. (laughs) This is, when you talk about that, this is what gets me excited about someday, like I'm talking years from now. Oh, woodworking berry. Yeah. Having, yeah. (laughs) Having a tree fall or like... (laughs) 
having a oh having like a, a not a rotten tree, but like a nice tree fall, and then actually like using one of those super long chainsaws and actually making mm. giant boards out of it, oh, and yeah. then putting it somewhere where I can dry it for two years and then make things out of it. So it can I, become Tyler's gaming table. Yeah. So wait. give me like four years. Yeah. Now we're gonna move it back. <laughs> Four I, years from now. I didn't even think to call you when this tree was down. Well, I don't know what. I can't do anything with it now. <laughs> yeah, I've got Jed, a jigsaw, We got a guy who needs some wood. <laughs> I could like roughly cut it into <laughs> chunks. That's about all I can do right now. Oh, my word. Oh, man. Anyway. So a couple things, a couple other things coming up, one of which uh, at one of the campuses, at least, I know North Indy kind of did theirs last weekend, yep. is Trunk or Treat. Trunk or Treat. Big event. Last year, it was a huge success. Mm-hmm. People came, decked out their trunks. People dress, dressed up. Barry, you you had a trunk last year, right? Yeah, Liv and I went Christmas-themed So because we like Christmas. So we had, uh, yeah, we had my trunk decked out yep. with lights, and a, we had a, got a Christmas tree set up, and she she went as a reindeer, and I went as an elf. Yeah. It's great. By the uh, way, your wife's makeup tutorial the, with the with the yeah animal print or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Isn't she talented? So talented. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She's amazing. Yeah. So did she? She was a she was a reindeer. I'm assuming she did. Oh, she did oh, same thing. I was like, yes. what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> See, right. everything yeah. makes sense it, in my it. mind. Yeah. Like yeah, your wife. She makes the best beef stroganoff. That's not true. Um, because she wouldn't make. Oh, the that's beef true. Yeah. All right. Part. <laughs> Um, all right, so Trunk or Treat's happening. Halloween is coming up, right? Yeah. Shortly thereafter. Uh, what are you guys' plans? Are you doing Trunk or Treat? Are you going to be there? Are you? Do you got a trunk? I feel like right now, Liv and I are in such like the grind with school and with, mm-hmm. with work and all that that we haven't even really thought. The other day, we were driving, and I was like, we were driving somewhere, and I said, what have you thought? What are we going to be for Halloween? And she's like, very like it's in like a week we're not doing anything and by the way we're adults yeah and i was like because i i always used to think when i was young and i'd go to these parties and i'm like man how cool would it be to have someone to go like with a couple's costume yeah yeah it's no. not that cool it's not that cool no right, well, one year lauren I and i like... were curious george and the man in the yellow hat and it was like what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at us what are we doing like what <laughs> All right, so maybe I'll just put that dream to rest. Yeah. It's over. It just depends. It depends on the stage of life. My kids my kids went to a Lutheran school yeah. in Chicago. And so really they, big on Halloween costumes. They, I'm they, assuming. they celebrated Halloween, but they called it a hallelujah party. Ah, they had get out. hallelujah parties in the basement. And they, they made very little reference of Reformation Day, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. So did all the kids have to dress up as like John Calvin and no, no, Martin, that, Martin, that was Martin the thing. Luther. They did. That, they called it a hallelujah party, but yeah. you did not have to dress up like a Bible character or anything remotely religious. So you right. had every kind of costume, huh. every kind of everything. Jaden went as Bruce Springsteen one year. Wow. Desi went as William Shakespeare. Nice. Um, <laughs> because she wanted to go as yeah. William Shakespeare, yeah. and I had to learn how to sew like an Elizabethan collar to just perfect the outfit. Wow. But those were the parties that I would dress up. And, mm-hmm. Go because yeah. they gave prizes to parents as well hmm. for dressing up. So couples costumes, one level of like, look in the mirror. What are we doing? The whole I'm entering into a new phase of look in the mirror. What are we doing? Because you're dressing up your child. Yeah. Well, that that's fine. Dress yeah. up the child. That's cool. But my wife and I are dressing up now according to what he's wearing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what you do. He's ew. He can barely walk. He calls the shots, man. He's, so we're dressing you... him up as Dwight Schrute from The Office. <laughs> and we're going to send him around with his cousin getting candy. And Lauren and I are dressing up as Jim and Pam. Oh, can't we just Can't we just so stand at the sidewalk cute. and let him walk up and get candy and that's walk adorable. back? It's adorable. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense in terms of the lineage with Dwight being your baby if right. you're Jim and Pam. But still cute. Yeah. Very cute indeed. I'm not know. sure what you're trying to say there. <laughs> Is that some sort of like deep well, metaphor for the show? I wanted to dress him up as the baby from The Incredibles. Lauren didn't want to spend money on a costume. I'm with you Smash on that. Smash it together. We got Dwight Schrute. Which is a shame that. because he looks like Jack-Jack. I know. Like that's what I said. He looks, he's like the human embodiment of a of Jack-Jack. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Oh, oh that's what man. I said. Maybe yeah. next year when he doesn't look well, like Jack-Jack anymore. We are Jack crossing anymore. the bridge of like, are they too old? Yeah. Desi, oh, doesn't, yeah, Desi doesn't think she's too old. She's all about it. But Jaden, he's kind of on the fence. Should he be that kid that stays back and just passes candy to the others? Um... I don't know. When I was his age, I turned off the lights and like didn't answer the door. So really? yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not into the passing out candy. I'm into the eating 
candy. Right. <laughs> eating of said candy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The eating of the candy. So yeah, Des will probably come to the trunk retreat. She came last year um, with two of her friends and she was the Chick-fil-A cow All last right. year <laughs> at trunk retreat. This year she has a donut face, but not a donut like costume. So she has mm. a, a donut part of her costume. <laughs> we have to figure out a the donut rest. part. Yes. All right. All right, so yeah, that that sounds exciting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'm actually going to end up being anything this year. Yeah, take the night off. I don't know. I, I'll probably swing by trunk or treat because it's awesome. But yeah, I'm preaching, so I don't even know if I'll have. Oh my goodness! The time to think about it. So. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about it with yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah. With everything going on, I'm at North Indy next weekend. It's just yeah. there's so much. There right. is yeah. so much. Yeah. Is it too late? Do you know if it's too late to sign up to? Do a trunk? Do you just show up? Do you have to like it? Uh, you do have to register to do a trunk, but you can. I still don't know do if it. it's too late. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm assuming they. Last I heard, they needed like 70 trunks, and I don't think they have 70. So okay. I'm right. sure you can. So friends of the pod, I'm sure you can pull some strings <laughs> for our sake. Please rally to the cause. Get on that. Yeah, <laughs> decorate your trunk. That's a good soundbite. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's dig into. Uh, Sermon last week. All right. Good news. I have notes. Bad news. Dave isn't here to speak for himself. So we, I haven't asked him any questions about this. So we're going to tell you exactly what he meant by the things he said last weekend. So let's dig in. All right. Uh, Dave preached about hope. And a couple weeks ago, he introduced the the equation. We talked about it. Faith plus hope equals trust. And uh, the first couple weeks of the series, we, we were mostly talking about the faith part. Like faith is something that you think, you believe with your head. The hope part is the emotions. And this this past weekend, he talked more mostly about hope and how you how you were given hope. You cannot muster hope, but it has to be given to you. And so, I, I guess his big idea was faith plus hope equals trust. And uh, he he then gave ways of how we as people can experience hope. Um, but let's let's talk about this because he he talked about the story of the Israelites um, crossing the Red Sea, and uh, you know, is this in Exodus fourteen? I yeah. think okay. Yep. So there are five ways that God gave the Israelites hope in this in these moments of like probably sheer terror. Okay, because so, they're running away from Pharaoh. Uh, they're following a guy named Moses who is basically telling them, "I got this." God's got this. We're going to, we're going to make it. Uh, so God gives five signs of hope in this, in this passage that Dave kind of illustrates and walks us through. The first one is a pillar of cloud. And so pillar of cloud and a, a pillar of fire. Yeah. Can you guys tell, tell me what's happening here? What, what are we looking at? The pillar, the, like the pillars, are they tornadoes? What, what, are, what, why were there pillars of these things? I don't know much about the word pillar. I wish I wish Tim was here to kind of give us some of the backdrop of that. I know that gird your loins. There it is. Thank you. I know that throughout Exodus and throughout the Old Testament, God's presence is usually signified by a cloud or by fire. So up on Mount, oh. Mount Sinai, the the cloud descends and and there's fire and fire and glory and shininess mm-hmm. all kind of become part of part of it. So when, when Moses goes into the tabernacle, he comes out and his face is shining. They have to put a, a, a thing over his, a veil over his face. Mm. Cause he's got, and so that, that sort of brightness, that fire is, is a part of him. There's the burning bush. God's oh. in, the, in the burning bush as fire. There's the, the cloud that descends. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of this, this motif of God's presence. Mm-hmm. So I think the cloud of fire or the cloud the pillar, and the pillar, yeah, the pillar of cloud <laughs> and the pillar of fire. Those in, yeah. are indications of Yahweh is here. Gotcha. Um, and then He stays with them through the wilderness and leads them continuously. So I think yeah. that's at least my limited knowledge. That's what those are mm-hmm. in in the story. Speaking of story, I feel like Dave. Um, he's not here to validate this, but I feel like that this sermon that we're talking about felt different 
coming from him than at least recent sermons. And I think the reason is, is because he included a ton of like personal mm-hmm. stories, personal anecdotes. This is what this means to me. This mm-hmm. here's my journal. Here's mm-hmm. what I've been doing to, to find hope here is uh, and then he talks about the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And he's mm-hmm. like, think about the most hopeless moment of your day. Yeah. Whether it's morning or night, these guys, these Israelites uh, had a symbol that God's presence is here, whether it's morning or night. Like if you're, if yeah. your most hopeless moment of the day is at night and you're dreading not falling asleep or the pain that you're in or um, the anxiety that you've experienced or are about to experience in your sleepless, restless nights, like God's presence is here in the, in the, in the fire. If your most hopeless moment is mornings and you're dreading what's ahead and uh, you know that the day is going to be full of pain and anxiety and whatever, uh, God's presence is here in the, in the, in this cloud. And so no matter what part of the day, I like how Dave brought that home. You know, I had never heard anyone put it quite like that before. The, what time of the day is the hardest for you? Mm -hmm. Well, good news. He's there for both. And and here's an example that, that really stood out to me. That was beautiful. And so my main question is Barry, you're a seven. Do you have any hopelessness in you? (laughs) (laughs) Only, only in those moments when I can't maintain the uh, my emotions between happy and ecstatic. Okay, that's, that's the range that I want to see. the window. If, if I ever have something threatening that, then yes, I, I face hopelessness. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. I mean, I think that that's probably like a misconception of sevens that they never are sad or they never face hopelessness or whatever. We definitely do. We just cover it over with mm-hmm. trying to like self-medicate with mm. deal humor with or in different yeah, ways. Yeah. Exactly. My husband's a seven, so I can speak to that yep. for yep. sure. Um, Dave says the, the times we have the least hope are the times we need to pay the most attention. Yeah. Uh, because that's when God's going to show up. Do you guys have stories like this that illustrate that of why, why that's true? Why is, why is that a truth? The times we're least hopeful are the times you've paid attention the most and seen God, God's presence. This has been a year of that for me. And I, I hate to say like, it's been a hopeless year, but I found out in February that my mom had stage four breast cancer. Mm. And so there, I agree with Dave that I, I should write things down more than I do mm. um, to have a hope journal of my own. I was really inspired by that concept. Um, and even just, it looked like maybe your dad had printed off emails or, you know, just little things that gave him hope and put them in that book. And that's a brilliant idea because sometimes I go back and I do try to find those encouraging emails to read them and, Mm. um, to just kind of boost my hope or, or even just clarity. Sometimes I just need clarity. Why am I here? Why is this happening? And then, you know, he'll remind me of things like that. So anyway, um, yeah, it's been a year of watching people come through for my parents in their financial hardship, come through for my mom, um, every step of the turn in her, uh, a return of the way, I think I said that wrong, in her uh, journey with chemotherapy and all of that. Um, even the most recent news there, she's been approved for uh, surgery for mastectomy and that'll be the 13th of November. So it's, mm, wow. everything is happening all right yeah, now. There's yeah. a lot going on right now. It's all happening right now. Um, but yeah, um, in the most desperate times of what can I do for them? How can I provide for them? I live three hours away now and I can't be there every day to make them dinner or clean the house and the tree fell in the backyard. What can I do? Mm. (laughs) Every, at every turn, God has shown his providence that his army, his people, Mm. it's more vast than I realize. I don't have to be there to answer every problem and answer it. Um, with my own two hands and personally, like he's, he's teaching me this year that he has got this. Mm. Watch me. I've got this. You don't even know the friends that I'm going to call upon to help your parents get through this hard time. Um, so it's really been a powerful year of, of that for me. I looked back at some things that I did wrote, write down. I, I don't always go and write things down in my journal, but I'm so, so, so happy when I do. And I can look back to, I think there's an, excerpt from my journal here. Um, I keep sermon notes in this thing, but then I also write just little personal things. And I think I'm looking back to, uh, February 6th, I want to say, which would have been roughly seven or eight days before I found out my mom had cancer. Oh wow! Mm. And I wrote on that day, 
that I felt like my word for this year was steadfast. And then I wrote the definition of the word steadfast. And I, I wrote in this, in this piece, just, okay, well, Lord, what does that mean? Steadfast and unwavering, steadfast and uncompromising or steadfast and just, Hey, just keep going. It's going to be a tough year, but keep going. I had no idea what Mm. would come days later. Um, but again, you write these things down and you look back and that gave me hope to see mm. the word steadfast there was, oh, see, he was preparing me. Mm. See, he knew, he knows the end from the beginning. He he holds everything in his hand and he was with me then. He's with me now. It's encouraging. Yeah. Wow. For me, I, I'm at a point in my life, I've yet to have significant trials and hardships to the level of many other people, including you, Marin. Like I, I just haven't. I haven't faced those things. I haven't faced um, many moments of extreme grief or anything like that. Um, But what I have done is I've spent a lot of time face to face with some of humanity's worst injustices. Mm -hmm. I've seen, I've seen starving children. I've seen people dying of preventable diseases. I've seen sex trafficking, uh, like girls rescued from sex trafficking. I've seen all of these awful, awful, awful things. And, um, those have caused me and many times in the darker moments to feel a bit hopeless. And it's in some ways looking at, it's like I'm looking out at the, the army of Pharaoh charging at us. And and, and I look at those things. I've looked at those things over the years and thought like, what, what can possibly be done? Mm -hmm. These, these issues, HIV AIDS, how, how could, what could I possibly do? And it seems like in those moments again and again, whenever I was faced with this absolutely you know, incomprehensible evil or injustice or whatever. And I'm like, what, what could I possibly do? God seems to always say, you look at my people. And I always happen to be looking and realizing that I'm seeing the local church in every one of those circumstances, doing things to reach people and bring healing to the broken places. Hmm. And that for me became the hope Hmm. that, that far outweighed the, the hopelessness that far outweighed the fear yeah. of, of seeing all of this injustice. Like it, after seeing it again and again and again, I finally kind of got it. Oh, God is working in all of these places and it's not up to me. It's up to him. Hmm. He's the, he is present and he is working and, um, I can have hope in that. I can trust in that and it's not up to me. So yeah. that has been, I guess how I would answer that. This is this, that's the, the times, the dark times of mm-hmm. seeing those things have always been outweighed by the hope that comes from seeing the people of God, the the church, uh, responding to His mm-hmm. mission. The uh, the third way that God gave the Israelites hope in these moments uh, was the comforting prophetic voice. Mm-hmm. And so, talking about Moses, um, he was the one. Uh, I don't have the scripture pulled up in front of me, but he was the one that said, "Guys, basically everybody." settle down. God's going to rescue us. Like all we have to do is wait on him to rescue us. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, the whole, I got this idea. I, I, I may have mentioned this on the, on the podcast recently, but there were a couple weeks or months ago we had interns at grace and one of our interns, Lauren was leading. She, she's a friend of the pod. She was on the podcast. She was leading, um, service at Mm -hmm. North Indy and it was just chaos that morning (laughs) and uh like the the music like technology was just crazy and not working and so it was Sunday Sunday morning I'm kidding (laughs) what every morning's crazy oh yeah yeah yeah. has an element of crazy yeah and so (laughs) she was leading on Sunday and um nothing was working and it was basically like her her pinnacle project of her internship, yeah. right? Her capstone. Yeah. yeah. And service is going to start in like an hour and we hadn't run through a single song and somebody who was in her band was like, Hey, we don't need this. I got this. He literally said, he looked at her and she's like tears in her eyes. And he's like, <laughs> I can do this. I can lead us through these songs without this technology. I got this. Don't worry. And I just remember thinking that is the best feeling ever. Like Mm. that is the feeling that we all want to have. And so reading this story, it's like Moses is that person to the Israelites. Yeah. And he's like, guys, 
God's going to rescue us today. Right. All you just, have to do is wait. Just stand still. Yeah, that's stand how they, still. That's how the NLT mm-hmm. put it. I love that. Just mm-hmm. stand still and watch the Lord rescue you. Yeah. So who are, do you guys have people in your lives, uh, the prophetic voices in your life, the people who let you know that things are going to be okay uh, when they're not, when they don't seem like they're going to be okay? Who, who are those people? That is a good question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yes I do, in fact. And I, I I immediately, one name came to my head first and foremost before any other came to my head. And there's a lot. I can talk about my uh, family members. I can talk about um, my sisters, my grandmother. But one in particular um, has been a real mentor to me back in Chicago. His name is Wardell Campbell. And I mention Wardell my, by name because he seeks me out. All the time. If he hasn't heard from me in a while, um, he's kind of self-appointed himself as my godfather, calls me his daughter. Um, and so he'll call me and say, daughter, where have you been? Why haven't you called me? You know, and then, it, I mean, and, and his timing is usually pretty remarkable. You know, mm. I'm, I'm going through something or I'm, I'm crying and I feel really alone. And then my phone will just ring. Mm. Like, I honestly would not be surprised if he did not call me in the next five minutes just because... I said his name out loud. Like that's, that's how weird the timing is Mm -hmm. a lot. And we end up talking for great lengths of time. He's a great listener um, and responds to all of my alarm and to all of my fears and worries. He responds with the word, which is the most Jesus thing I think that somebody (laughs) could do. And he, I mean, Jesus was constantly quoting scripture to those around him. And that's what Wardell is in my life. He's just this fountain of the word Mm. and it is a very calming and reassuring, um, presence to me (laughs) when Mm. I came out here. Um, you know, and it's, it's an adjustment, uh, for my family to be here, adjustment for me to be here. Mm -hmm. Then all this stuff happens with my mom and, and he is still a reassuring voice saying, He says, Marin, you're on a missions trip and you cannot come home until the mission is complete. I don't even want to see you. Don't come home until the mission is complete. Barry, you and I are Marin's mission. (laughs) All right. We are the mission field. (laughs) You have to meet him. You have to meet him. Yeah. That's awesome. But he's he's one of the first that came to my mind. Mm. Can we bring him down to India and have him on the pod? Oh, you, he would love nothing more. That would be <laughs> you'd amazing. Never, you'd never get him off the pod. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I would think of that as as you said that I think of two sets of people. One would be some of the dear friends that I've connected with over the years uh, around the world and different different ministries, different parts of the church. Who um, their perspective of who I am is very different than everybody here because mm. the things that define me in the U.S. You know, maybe my my sense of humor or the way that I communicate or whatever, they don't, they just inevitably don't work the same way in other cultures. Mm. So being in those places, they are able to um, see things just differently. And, and inevitably they speak such encouragement and hope when I'm feeling lost. And so I, I'm, yeah, there's, there's quite a few, but then the other set of people are the folks here. Um, there are so many people as, as I've been walking through this very long public process mm-hmm. of possibly yeah. becoming the next senior pastor. Um, there've been a, a handful of people who have been just such a consistently hopeful voice for me who have spoken truth mm-hmm. and reminded me and even prophetically to say like, this is what, this is what God sees when mm-hmm. he thinks about you and thinks about mm-hmm. grace. And like those sorts of messages to me, I, I honestly, sometimes I have a hard time believing them because mm-hmm. of my own insecurities, but, mm-hmm. but then I, I reflect on it and realize, yeah, maybe God is trying to let me know that it's going to be okay and that things yeah. are actually going to work and he's got this. Hmm. And and so he uses those folks um, to, to do that. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I certainly have those. I, I certainly have people who uh, are older than me that have spoken in my life. And uh, part of the reason I am even working at a church is because someone called me out like and spoken in my life in a way that was convicting and made me feel like I was meant to do more than what I was doing in my, in my previous career. And so, yeah, I certainly have those people. Um, I, what, what I don't have, and Dave got to this later in the, in the sermon, um, the, the people that the, he called it a constellation of yes. mentors. Yeah. Okay. So 
He said, there's someone with authority a generation older. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm good there. All right, someone who's close to me, family member, same age. Don't think I have that. Someone who is not close to me, same age. Eh, don't think I have that. Someone who's who I'm mentoring in a generation younger than me. Don't have that currently. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. before, but I, I don't now. And so there's definitely work to be done in my life in terms of I want that influence. Yeah. And I want to be influenced by those people. And my wife and I were talking and um, it, it just made me it just made me think like. Shh, there are people out there that are looking for this that have no way to like. I would like to be mentored. I'd like to, you know, mm-hmm. have, I'd like to be influenced by some people. So what do we tell people that are looking for that, but can't or haven't been able to experience that? Cause my wife is one of those people. She, she right now, she, she was listening to this. She was like, I don't have any of that. Yeah. I used to, but I don't have mm-hmm. any of that. Um, somebody that's going to be speak like prophetically into her life. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't feel like she has that. Yeah. I do, and I, but I feel like I'm in the minority. Mm-hmm. And so what do we tell people who are lonely and want this Moses-like person in their life? Yeah. Well, at the risk of sounding like a clanging gong, continuing to, to say this over and over again, but we, this is, this is one of the reasons why we have Rooted as a part yeah. of what we do at Grace. We want to get people connected and into community that is diverse. And that's why, one of the reasons that we are intentionally with the majority of our groups seeking for multi-generational groups because Mm. this is a way to go through a shared experience with people that are not just like you and can actually potentially provide that constellation uh, of people. So yeah, I would say, man, if, if that's where you are, go to rooted in January, do the January session of rooted and, and just see who God puts in your group and how you end up uh, surrounded by people of different ages and generations and see what, what comes Mm. out of that. In addition to that, I would say that I'm learning because I'm I'm like you, Tyler. I've got a couple of people on that constellation map, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not all the way full. It's not yeah. well rounded, and that's another thing that stuck out to me about Dave's message. Is man, you know, do I have these different types of mentors? Um, Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, people's plans are established. So one isn't enough, you know, to have a multitude of counselors and how can I do that? And one of the things that, um, actually Ephraim just kind of demonstrated this. I don't even think he's, I don't think he realizes that he made this impact on me when he said this, but he was talking about going out to lunch, um, with an older member, older staff member, pastor, and, He's like, yeah, we were, we were talking the other day or we were hanging out or something like that. And I'm like, oh, what were you doing there? And he's like, (laughs) oh, I just asked him. He's like, I just told him like, I want to be developed. And so I went up to him and I said, Hey, I respect you. Uh, you know, he just straightforward (laughs) asked. I'm like, what, what a concept. That's it. (laughs) Cause I could be, I am that person that'll just sit around and wish, Yeah, you know, like, I wish that person would ask me to mentor me or or I just don't, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to impose. I see them as busy and important or whatever. And so I, I don't, I don't, but Ephraim is that eight. He goes out there and he gets it. And so I don't know. It it was so revelatory that it could be that simple that I could go up to someone and say, Hey, I admire you. And, um, would you mind, you know, just Hmm. investing in me or, you know, you, you can ask. Yeah. And don't stop asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fourth way God gave hope to the Israelites is, uh, Dave talked about the angel that was leading the Israelites. Yeah. When the angel moved, the pillar of fire um, also moved to the back. And uh, that's my, that's one of my favorite things about some of these ancient texts is that they just, they don't have, they're not at all interested in the same sorts of narrative details that we modern Westerners are. Yeah. It's like the angel that we're like, whoa, wait, yeah. what angel? Yeah. Who's the angel? Where did, Where did it come, come from? from? Yeah. They're just like, the angel. Everyone knows about the angel. So yeah. was, he was there and he led him through the wilderness. Yeah. Like, wait, he did? What? Who? So um, anyway, I love that. So Dave said, angels are watching, protecting, protecting us. That gives us hope. My question is, how do we know when the things we're experiencing are angels because he said look out look out for angels that. how do we know that the things that works why did you know because i ask that question all the time has any has anybody that you've ever talked to burst into a being of pure light and then fly into the sky well, now with that you giant mention wings? it okay because if that happens probably an angel okay i'll look out for that 
How else, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How this, do we know? Have you guys had experiences like this where you're like, that had to have been an angel? That, okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm, because of where I've been over the years and all of the things that I've eaten and public transportation that I've taken yeah. and things uh, like all around the world, there must have been angels involved <laughs> at some, at some Just level. Cause like, safe. I, I had typhoid with no, no issues. Like I didn't have any, but I, I went to the clinic to get something checked out and they found it and took it, took care of it. I had, but I didn't like ever get viciously ill. I never hurt myself. I never, I, I, I got pickpocketed once, but like I spent seven years of my life traveling to like the developing yep. world. I lived in, I lived in a refugee camp in Haiti. Rough and tumble. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. I like, I, I was in South Sudan for a month in the, like I took an airplane where literally there were airplanes that were on like in ruins on the side of the, the tarmac. Yeah. Oh no, no. And I was, and yet nothing happened Mm-mm. the whole time. Nothing. So happened. angels had to have been, I don't know. I mean, yeah. surely, yeah. you know, what about you, Marin? I, when I was young, like real young, little young, I had two specific experiences that will never leave my mind where I felt like there, I felt not, not just felt an angel's presence where I saw something that I was like, whoa. And then I looked and Mm. it was gone. Mm. Um, but again, I had child's eyes and I think it was easier for me to see Mm. with child's eyes. I, I remember right where I was in my home church, um, as a kid and a kid, you know, who, came from brokenness and came from a broken family. And so I was, I, I, I remember what I was praying. I remember how I felt in those moments. And when I looked over, I saw like just what appeared to be angel feet, glowing white robe. And I looked back and they were gone. Another mm-hmm. time I was uh, alone in a stairwell again, as a child in my church, just crying on the bottom step. And I looked behind me and I saw arms stretched out behind me and I, t- I freaked out and I looked back and it was gone. So I just don't know mm. if, you know, if that, that visual comfort was more present to me as a child or if my faith hadn't been all beat up and jaded yet and it was easier for me yeah. to see it. But I'm glad that I have yeah. those two specific memories. Um, and I think if nothing else, they kind of stand to serve as a reminder to soften my heart and become more as a child. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any stories like that. Like, t- uh, Dave gave the story that Tim has yeah. where, where they met a guy on the side of the road, spent the night, woke up, that dude was gone. No footprints in the snow. I'm like, I want that. I want that <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. That's, that sounds like, yeah. One of, one of the pastors that I worked under when I was living in Kenya back in 2005, um, he, was from a a part of a part of Kenya that was very much more open to things like witchcraft and and the occult and all that stuff and so he had mm-hmm. tons of stories about all sorts of really? crazy stuff yeah and uh and he one time he was like talking to me he was teaching a, a group of people about prayer and he was he was like he was like yeah so prayer i don't remember what he was saying but he was like yeah so my friends and i one time we were out and we were praying and and the well a witch was flying over us and somehow our prayers i guess disrupted his flight and he fell down and he ran in so so prayer is like a and i was like whoa 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 go back to the part where there was a yeah, flying seriously. and then another time he told us about going to a a town called Garissa. I've been there. It's not a very big town. And he said that he and his friends were there doing a mission and they had to get back to Nairobi for some reason. It was very urgent, but, but for some reason they couldn't find the bus stop. And again, it's not that big of a city. Hmm. And so they're looking and looking, they can't find it. And finally he says, guys, I think there may be something going on here. Let's pray. And he said, so they prayed and they opened their eyes and they were like, right there they were like looking up at the bus stop and Whoa. so they ran over looky there yeah and so they ran over to the bus stop and the the bus driver they all get on the bus driver's like where have you been i've been waiting for you this whole time i would have left i would have gone but but your mother's been here telling us that that we had to wait and they're like our mother who what who are you talking about wow. and he's like this woman right and yeah. she was gone yeah. oh so like, man i don't know those kinds of things i'm like that's cool i i agree i, I wish i could have some more yeah. concrete experiences like that yeah. Who knows? It's all crazy. It's good stuff. 
kind of reminds me like I was thumbing back through the journal um, to see like, what have I written down? And I wonder if there's anything in there that would grab me today, you mm. know, to be an encouragement or whatever. And I came across, um, what was it? Our uh, Abraham series, Abraham and Isaac. Mm-hmm. And there was one point where I think it was your dad giving the message about the ram being stuck in the bushes. Yeah. And he said, what if the ram was there all along, mm-hmm. you know? And that to me is like that, that that's reminding me of this angel conversation. Like we just, we're not even aware right. of what goes on around us right. all the time. Um, you know, that bus, what if that bus was there all along? Right. You know, or right. that, that miracle that I need, that thing that I need to trust him for, what if it's there right now? What right. if it's there yeah. all along? I'll tell you one thing that I know for sure. I don't look for it. Like yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. consciously looking for it. One of the reasons I think that I'll, that people in, in certain developing world nations, one of the reasons why they seem to have more spiritual experiences is because they're expecting more mm-hmm. spiritual experiences. Yeah. And I wonder how much our culture has made us kind of, numb to even the possibility that Probably. these sorts of things happen. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, fifth sign of hope that God gave the Israelites is an image of victory. And so in verses uh, 29 through 31, this is when the sea parts, it says, but the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. This is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and his servant Moses. And so an image of victory is what um, God gave to the Israelites to give them a sense of hope. And then they had faith and trust in, in what God could do uh, in the future. And so, um, Dave said, in order for us to experience hope, we have to do a couple of things. First, we have to pay attention to the present and uh, journaling. Do you guys, you guys seem like you're both journalers. You guys have both talked about journals you guys keep, right? I'm not, not as, not as avid as I would like to be. Not as avid as I used to be. Oh yeah. You, that's really? how it is. I used to, I used to journal like every day yeah. for years and then, then it's like every couple of months. <laughs> I want to get back into it. It's just not, yeah. it's not in my rhythm ever since well, ever since getting married, honestly, I'm not mm. blaming marriage Blame. for not journaling. Thanks a lot, Olivia. <laughs> my my daily rhythms are different, and I've yet to figure out when journaling fits. Yeah, so it's tough because I I, I always see like really nice looking journals, and I'm like, ooh, I should totally <laughs> get so that. Expensive. I should totally <laughs> oh get that. Oh my goodness! And then I get it and never fill out a page, or it's like I fill out one page and then put it on the shelf, and I never touch it again. Yeah, right. I probably have about five journals in rotation right now, just random. Yeah. So write down um, stuff that's happening in the present because we do forget. Yes. The big, the best example in my life is like, all right, I went to go ask my my wife's parents five and a half years ago for permission to air, marry their daughter, right? So I go do that, but my mom before leaving says, "You need to you need to write down everything that happens tonight because you're gonna forget." And I was like, "Mom, I'm I'm fine. I've got a great memory of, <laughs> you know." And so. Um, I, I did. I, after that night, I wrote everything I could remember that happened down. Smash cut to now. You, if you ask me what was said, what did he say? What did her dad say? What did her mom say? What did I say? I have no idea. So I wrote it down and I looked at it and there's a bunch of stuff that I had. I completely forgot that yeah. I, that I talked about. Talk about God moments. That's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest crystallizations of a huge moment mm-hmm. in my life that like, you think you're going to remember, but you just don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So write your stuff down. And so I was literally Googling today, uh, how to start a journaling habit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I want to, that's one of those things that I just want to do, but I just have never yeah. stayed true to it. Here's the best tip I have. And I, I know I'm speaking as someone who just admitted that I'm not journaling yeah. all the time. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get back into it, but here's the best tip I have that has helped me. And that is, don't feel the pressure to try to catch your journal up on everything that's mm-hmm. happened oh, since no. the last time you journaled. No, yeah. Cause no, then no. what happens is then you're like, oh, man, I don't uh-huh. want to journal. I, yeah. I'd have to write, but just start, mm-hmm. start with today. Yeah. And, and you'll be a lot happier. <laughs> I just, mine is small enough to carry with me pretty much everywhere I go. Yeah. yeah. And so I can always kind of steal away to, I don't, Marin's journal entries from the last four months is I'm tired. Yeah. 
still tired. Yeah. Hey, journal, still Currently tired. tired. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, I wish I had more time today. I wanted to, I, anyway, time is, I have none of it, um, yeah. but I wanted to dig up some of those old, old journals, especially from when I was younger and I had more time to write it out. Yeah. And, um, just, I know, I know looking back over my life that he has brought me such a long way and yeah. continues to do so. Yeah. But I almost feel like some of the things that I wrote back when might point toward my future of, see, you were passionate about yeah. that all along. Remember when you wrote yeah. about that? You know, now he's bringing it to fruition. Now he's yeah. using those gifts in you or yeah. whatever. When I had, when I was first asked to consider interviewing for this role for this job, I had to really wrestle because it would have been a, it was a significant departure from what I was doing before. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did when I went away for this like four or five day retreat, where however long it was, I took with me all of my journals, which it's like this, how much is that? Two feet of journals. Yeah. That's like, that's a solid two and a half. Yeah. Two journals, two feet worth of journals. Like <laughs> if, if you can imagine like a whole, and they went all the way back to that were full or you were about to fill no, them they were out all full. Five days. They were all full. Okay. And they went back to the first one was in 2001 mm -hmm. in the darkest days of my time at Moody, uh, in college. Sorry, if you don't know my story, I apologize for that. But, and it went from there all the way up through Kenya, through the starting of world next door, all the way to 2014 or 2013, whenever I was having to make this decision. And so I went and I reread all of them and Whoa. what it did was it showed me patterns mm -hmm. of God's action in my life. It showed me, uh, common themes and it showed me, um, uh, basically it was one of the most significant aspects helping me realize, okay, yes, God, clearly you actually do want me to walk through this door mm. because I could see the pattern that was being woven in my life. I could see how God had been saying, this experience, I'm going to use that later. This experience, mm. I'm going to use that. This yeah. experience, yeah. I'm going to, even, even the bad things, yeah. I'm going to use that. So that was part of what convinced me to say yes. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So that's, that's the next thing Dave suggests is pay attention to the past as well. Don't just write down stuff that's happening in the present. He suggested graphing your life or like, uh, writing down or mapping out your life. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I've actually done this part. I don't do the journaling that well, but I've done the map out my life thing and that is the thing more than almost anything else in the world that has brought me emotionally, spiritually to the place I'm at today. Mm. It's understanding um, so much about myself, why I am the way I am, uh, my family, things that happened when I was a little kid that make sense now that the way I behave, yeah. it, like all this stuff ties together when you start to think about, all right, when I was four years old, what did I think about God? just put myself in my four-year-old version of myself. Like, what yeah. did I think about God? Where was I? What was happening? You have a journal from back then? No, no, I couldn't write. <laughs> coloring book. I was never into coloring books either. I never, never did the whole thing, but I did the, I did the map. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did the life map. Um, but it's like, what was my family doing back then? What was I doing back then? What, what did I think about God when I was like 11? What, you know, where did I f discover the current iteration of what I think about God and myself? And like all that started way long ago. How long does that take you? That seems like that would take forever. It took me like, well, I, I did it almost every day for probably two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Because I wanted to be as detailed as, mm -hmm. and actually one of my mentors made me do it. Yeah. He, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have even yeah. thought about something like that. But, um, but yeah, that thing, looking at the past and how, how the past has brought me here has changed my life more than mm. anything. And yeah. so I would highly recommend doing the life map thing because it, you might come out, come away with, Oh, that totally makes sense about why I behave this way. Uh, knowing that when I was five years old, I had, um, the first, um, feelings of like anxiety because of we moved away or something. You know what sure, I mean? Like, sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would highly suggest that we talked about mentors. Another thing Dave said is listen to your friends and mentors. Um, other thing he said is don't be surprised by angels. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we talked about that. And the last one is, uh, watch for signs of the enemy's defeat. So we need to see the victory. He put it, we need to see the enemy's nose bloodied. I love that line. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes the evil one needs to get a bloody nose and we need to see it. 
Yeah. Mm. And, and really, when I said at the beginning of this, like, it felt different for Dave to give this message. Like, that felt real to him. Mm. That he's been in a season of life where it's like, gosh, I, I just need a win. Mm. I want to feel a win. And I need to feel like the enemy's losing at something. And uh, when he when he was talking about this particular part of the service, I was like, oh, this is real for him. This is why he's talking about this, because this is this is what he's feeling about himself. Mm. Um, and then he brought out a scrapbook. <laughs> right. Um, and so do you guys have this in your life? I mean, we've probably talked about it before, but do you guys have signs of the enemy's defeat in your own life that you cling to that you're like, oh, yeah, that's what gives me hope? I don't even have to like think about it longer than a few seconds mm-hmm. to be like, this is why, this is why I hope mm-hmm. in God. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> Name this is them a podcast. All. We got to talk about these things. I have certain things. I mean, I'll just speak the first thing that popped into my mind. There are some parts of my life, things that used to control me or things that used to define me that through the grace of God, I've become free of and even though that's an, that's an indication of God's salvation, it's also an indication of the evil one's loss yes. and defeat. And so I can name, I won't on the podcast, but I could go back and name like yeah. five or six things that used to control me that now no longer control me because God mm. is victorious. So that's one, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Yeah. Um, and that, is there that's a dog parking somewhere? <laughs> Something out there. Dog. We're inside, so I don't think so, but I don't know. But yeah, what about you, Marin? I went to Turkey Run with the kids and Jed last uh, week for fall break. I think I talked about that on last week's pod. Where should we go? We ended up going to Turkey Run. It was awesome. Yeah, Jed, Jed great. said it was some of his favorite, you know, forest preserve type hiking he's ever done. And he's hiked the Grand Canyon, so his wow. standards Whoa. are pretty high. I don't know that I would put Way the turkey the run in the, same, in the same. Well, I had been dragging kind of like him a little through like canyon. little Cook County forest preserves in and around Chicago. And it's literally like, walk on this mulch path. Like, that's, yeah. that's not hiking yeah. to Jed. So we went on trail three, if you're familiar with Turkey Run. And it's basically like a little stream bed. I can't even yeah. believe they call it a trail. And so it was just slipping on rocks and climbing stuff that you're not supposed to climb. And, and that's you know, Jed's dream. It was Desi's dream for sure. Like she yeah, was really? in her her total element. Even Jaden's like, poor Jaden. He stops every two to three inches to take a picture of something. He's a nature <laughs> photographer. So it's kind of drives me nuts. Like I think like, Oh, we're going to go for a walk through the woods. It's going to be the best day ever. But I very quickly realized, wait, I this can't stand this. This is a seven this. hour process. Yeah. <laughs> you, you catch yourself saying, what are you going to do with that photo? Yeah. Tell me what are you going to do yeah. with that photo? It absolutely takes forever. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But it was the probably my son said it was the best weather we could have asked for. It was yeah. breezy. It was sunny. Brisk. It was the most beautiful Don't day. Don't bring this up again. This crisp air. <laughs> I'm not even talking about no crisp air with you. <laughs> it was a gorgeous day and my family was all together. And those are the moments that to me, yes, this is victory. There was mm. a time in our 16 year marriage where we could have been like any other statistic any other marriage, you know, that that didn't last. Yeah. And the fact that we're still together, the fact that we were on that walk as a family that day with the sun shining and I'm, I'm alive and here to experience it. And my husband and I are together and it was just such a beautiful, wonderful day, a glorious testimony Mm. to God's power, his redemption, his love. And I'm telling you every day, that we are a family, it bloodies the enemy's nose. Whoa. Maren, earlier today she was telling me that she's a pessimist. <laughs> that she's glass half empty kind of gal. I said that because of this message. So we, as a family, live streamed this uh, Sunday morning from our living room, which maybe your family live streams better than mine does. My kids were <laughs> fighting over a blanket. That They were throwing a ball to the dog. It was very hard to pay attention. I am a really great room. live streamer. It's, it's not good with two teenagers in my living room. Um, but Dave said that part about if you're a glass half empty type person, you need a glass half full person in your life. And Jed does that like mm-hmm. slow yeah. head turn, wink and a nod because yeah. he's my seven. He's my eternal optimist. And I am, yeah. you know, the sky is falling. Why is everything so squirrel terrible? noises? 
That is how sevens are. We're not just like glass half full. We're like, hey, free glass. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Seriously, I don't, you you don't strike me as a glass half empty. I don't care what you say. Whatever, y'all. You don't know me. Oh. <laughs> um. So overall, great sermon. I wish Dave is here to talk about it, but I'm sure he would be proud of our summary analysis. Analysis. Oh, I yeah. Hope Deep we did. Dive. We did it justice. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys hear that he was feeling sick at 4:30, and was like hoping that he could just go home after it? But during his the sermon, power the power went, went out, out which so meant that we couldn't. He had to do it again, man. so that all the all the campuses yeah. and Sunday morning would watch 6:15. Prayers for Dave. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. Flu shot. Uh, <laughs> that wraps up the the Freedom Series, right? So that was it. And no. Now we, what? We got another one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how come I never know? I don't know. I don't know I either. I love Barry's reaction. I wish we were live streaming that. <laughs> Just because I'm like really His looking forward to this one. Oh, wait, wait. He says no. Okay. But, I'm back. I'm back with you. Uh, yeah. We got one more. <laughs> but this is the point that I'm making at the very beginning, which is the fact that this poem that we are going to look at this weekend is the kind of thing that nobody thinks about. You go right past it because it's not part. It's like, yeah, we just read that. Like, let's get yeah. out of the story. Mm. But we are going to stay there because this poem is the most important thing. It's not. Is it's, this when they make their monument? Nope. This is a poem all about Egyptians dying in the sea and God. Uh, what? <laughs> I knew that was a long one. Yeah, it takes a long uh, time. It's, this is all about the Lord as a warrior and he defeated the Egyptian army and it's, it's camping out on that celebration of what God has done. The Lord is a warrior. He's righteous in battle. Is it that one? Nope. Ah, nope. Uh, the Lord is my strength and my song. Mm. So he has given me victory. That's where it starts. Um, Ooh, it is, it a is a hint. very <laughs> thought provoking, provocative poem and I'm going to make everybody listen to it. Well, that, but sing I'm, yeah. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to talk about the, the difficult reality of what it, the implications of calling the Lord a warrior, mm-hmm. what that can mean for some people. Some wow. people love it and some yeah. people find right it very love it. uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to talk him, about Jesus. that. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. So one more week and then we're done and then we're done. <laughs> and then you can finally say this is the last, last week. week. All right. So we'll look forward to that. Um, no guests next week. So two two weeks in a row, it's just three of us. What are we going to do? <laughs> two weeks in a row. No little Lego camera Facebook Live. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, everybody. No, no Facebook Live. just us. Yep. I'm sorry, everyone. Wow, this is for Why? the diehard diehard. Do you think friends the, the friends of the pod just want to hear us? They like the guests. Yeah. Some of them. I like, I like half the guests. I keep, <laughs> by the way, I keep meeting friends of the pod. Like... All the time. I yeah. mean, meet him at Fishers and meet him at North Indy. I, I met someone who doesn't even go to Grace, who's a friend oh, of the cool. No. Yeah, it's Those true. exist? Yep. Yep. They so do exist. It's awesome. I love it. It's yep. a great community. We have to do a live event where everybody yes. can all hang out together. Yes. Yeah. I, I love Friends of the Pod who send me like tortilla references. Yeah. You guys mm-hmm. get me. You understand me. I love Friends of the Pod who give me free Hamilton tickets. <laughs> Still waiting on the first friend to do that, but I love it. I love it. Um... Yeah. All right. So can't wait. Can't wait. Halloween, Mary Poppins, get your tickets. There's like 11 left. So get them. Uh, Tickets are are almost gone. So do that. Uh, And we'll see you next week. Marin, will you please send us out? I will because the orchestra is arriving and it is time for me to go. Yeah. You're about to get into Mary Poppins for the next nine and a half hours. Let's do it, friends. I will see you there. And until then, do justly love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. I'm going to talk about Jesus. That.